We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Blue Wire. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire and this week presented by Indeed and BetOnline.ag. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. It is the end of October. Only way to wrap it up is talking the original Rocky. Sly Stallone, the ultimate underdog story. Uh, long time coming for this one. Hope everyone enjoyed this look back at the Rocky franchise as much as I have. Have had some some really interesting episodes, some good new guests, uh, some return guests. And today's guest is Doug Greenberg, the co-host of Rocky Minute, the podcast that breaks down the Rocky franchise Minute by minute, it was a no-brainer on to have him talk Rocky. Uh, he had been on earlier in the month in the the clip about podcasters talking about what their favorite Rocky movie is. Uh, had, had a great episode with him. Again, perfect person to talk Rocky. Not a whole lot that needs to be said about this one. Uh, re- really enjoyed breaking down Rocktober. But quick scheduling note, last week I uh, recorded a great episode with Michael Montero, past guest. Uh, the tracks didn't work on Friday. I could not uh, could not pull those, get those up on Friday, which I had said. Uh, I think anyone who listened to the best scenes of Bloodsport from Friday uh, heard that explanation, but got the tracks to work. Uh, the podcast recording software came through. That one's going to be dropping, uh, dropping later this week. For November scheduling, I still don't have that nailed down. I think it is time to start a, a sports TV show rewatch. I'm leaning eastbound and down, going to try to get a steady guess for that one. Same person whole way through. Uh, going to nail that down soon. Might do some movies in the meantime, but I'm thinking it's TV show time. Uh, hit me up on the socials. Let me know what you think. You can join the Big Screen Sports Facebook group. Chime in on that or uh, Twitter at Big underscore Screen Sport. Uh, also, if you enjoyed Rocktober, remember subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you're on Apple Podcast, rate and leave a review. If you haven't yet, five star rating. Love a good five star rating on this podcast, and I will read out all five star reviews at time of recording. 
Uh, with that, let's wrap up Rocktober with Talking Rocky with Doug Greenberg. All right, joining me to wrap up Rocktober to talk the original Rocky, he is the co-host of Rocky Minute, Doug Greenberg. Doug, thanks so much for joining Big Screen Sports. Hey, Kyle. Thanks for having me, man. I've been uh, I've been listening to your show for a while, and uh, when I heard about Rocktober, I said, I, I got to get in on this. And uh, I was I was actually surprised. You got so many awesome guests that join you from week to week that I'm I was honored that you you chose me to do Rocky with you. Well, plug your pod, which because that's the reason why you're the perfect choice to to cover Rocky with me to cap off this month. Uh, tell tell the folks where they can find your pod, what you guys do. All right, my uh, show is called Rocky Minute. Um, we go through the Rocky movies one minute of film footage at a time, uh, starting with minute one of Rocky one. We've uh, finished. The, the original Rocky. We finished Rocky two, and uh, we're grinding our way through uh, season three, Rocky three. Um, yeah, so I mean, each each episode, I mean, we run anywhere from you know fifteen to uh, 30, 35 minute episodes, so they're they're pretty pretty easily uh, digestible. So uh, you can find our our show on the or the Sylvester Stallone Fan Podcast Network. Um, it's a uh, uh, we're there with another show, Going the Distance, the Rocky series podcast, where they take a broader look at the Rocky movies. They finished uh, the six original Rocky films around the Creed as we speak, and uh, Slycast, where uh, that group of guys goes through Sylvester Stallone's filmography, starting from uh, from the very beginning. Well, I don't, uh, I don't envy you guys for having to break down that single the the minute where it's Rocky and Adrian staring at each other in his apartment, about to have that super <laughs> weird kiss by the door. Probably my my least favorite moment of this film. But this film that we are talking about to cap off Rocktober, the one and only Rocky, the original underdog story, nineteen seventy six, a small time boxer gets a supremely rare chance to fight a heavyweight champion in a bout which he strives to go the distance for his self-respect. You know, I've been coming in for six years, and six years you've been sticking it to me. I want an outcome. You want to know? I want to know! Okay, I'm going to tell you. Because you had the talent to become a good fighter. And instead of that, you became a leg breaker. Some cheap, second-rate loan shark. To live in? It's a waste of life. Starts Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burgess Meredith, Burt Young. Carl Weathers got a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Three Oscars and ten nominations. One for Best Picture, Director, and Film Editing. Acting nominations for Stallone, Shire, Meredith, and Young. Uh, this one... You know, I, I get the Oscars are just an award show. It's a lot about hype. This is a very great movie, but this one beat out all the President's Men for Best Picture, probably one of my favorite movies of all time. So it, it's weird in that this is an all-time classic sports movie for me, an excellent movie, and I don't think it should have won Best Picture. <laughs> yeah, you you, uh, you would have pulled for all the President's Men, huh? Would have put pulled for all the President's Men. But the interesting thing is... Uh, Jason Robards won Best Supporting Actor at this Oscars for All the President's Men portraying Ben mm -hmm. Bradley. I would have actually given it to Burgess Meredith who portrayed Mickey. So in that in that regard, I would have been pulling for uh, for the Rocky films. But uh, for you, as someone who has taken this series minute by minute, why has this, in, in your opinion, why is this character, why is this franchise, how has this endured for 40 years now? Well, you got to start with... Rocky himself as a character he's such a pure 
and an innocent and lovable character. Even though, like, let's go back to the to the beginning. He's not the most moral character ever. You know, he's he's working for a loan shark. He's breaking thumbs. You know what I mean? He's uh, hey, he, he didn't break the he, thumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, we didn't see the one time he let the guy off the hook. We don't know what happened leading up to that. Before, you know, and how many ever. I mean, he was employed as a collector. I'm sure he must have broken a thumb or two, you know, at some point. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he, you can't help but love the guy. And, you know, he's he's like your your prototypical underdog. Who doesn't like to root for the underdog, you know? He's he's taken from from this, this low-life uh, living situation he's in, which, I mean, at the time, he seems like he's perfectly happy in it. But then he's he's taken, he's put into this world that he knows nothing about. And it's just, um, you know, watching him kind of limp through the uh, the press conferences and and all the the newfound fame that he has, like overnight, it, you know, y- your heart goes out to the guy. You know, it's uh, he's just a just a sweet and lovable character. And you know, going after the the girl next door, he's not chasing some supermodel. You know, Adrian, that that's the love of his life, and he's doesn't have time for anything else. That's he's singularly focused on her. I think you're right that the character is why the series, like, it is not just that it was a good movie, it did well, one best picture. It is because Rocky struck a chord with, and and the person to see it was Apollo Creed, the mm-hmm. guy who, you know, America loves an underdog, America, you know, it, it's that same kind of thing is why the series isn't dirt, and they've... They've repeated the same that same underdog boxing formula in a lot of these, and you know this is the original underdog story. It's what all underdog stories, sports movies get compared to, but it's it's so heavy on the underdog and the character himself. This mm. where this one differs from all the other Rocky movies is how much of a character study it is. How little it's it's actually it's very little about the match in terms of the opponent. Or even even winning, it is. It's really it's you know it's the Stallone story. It's having mm. your back against the wall, willing your way out of it with a little luck and good fortune. This movie does all that legwork and puts all that work into Rocky because you don't even really get into the match with Creed and the actual training and everything until you know pretty late in the movie, well over halfway. It basically and it probably wasn't thinking about this at the time. Everyone making it, but the hour and 15 minutes that it puts into Rocky Balboa and who he is and the essence of that character, I think carried this one the next four decades because you're always rooting for him because of that early glimpse you got of him. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, we argued in, in our season one that uh, Rocky is more of a love story than it is a sports movie. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's on every sports move, you know, greatest sports movies of all time list. But I mean, like you said, it's leading up to the, up to the actual match. It's hardly a sports movie. It's a character piece. And it, it is, it's, it's like, a an art piece, so to speak, you know, driven by the characters, um, not, not the action, you know, we've seen in so many other Stallone movies. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. Cause once, I mean, once this gets rolling basically after two, then it is, it's more of just an action 80s popcorn franchise that goes along, you know, hand in hand with everything Stallone's doing, like, mm-hmm. you know, First Blood and, and all that. But I don't think I need to ask, is this a Hall of Fame all-star starter or bench warmer for you? No, oh, it's a total Hall of Famer. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think anybody can can give it any other rating than that. Well, what's your ranking of, how do you rank the series, including the Creed's? All right, I put a lot of thought into this, all right, because I, I 
you know, you had a very good nuanced answer a couple weeks ago when we did our, uh, you know, when, when podcasters chimed in with mm-hmm. their favorite Rocky movies. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, if you want to go by like, what's the, the best Rocky movie, everybody's going to say Rocky one because it's the most well-made, you know, it's the Oscar Oscar winner. But if I'm, if I'm flipping through my Rocky DVDs and I'm like, you know what? I got two hours to spare. This is what I want to watch. I'm going to go Rocky four. Rocky four is so consumable. It's short. It's easy to watch. And it has like all the, like we were just talking about all the action, you know, that, that you could possibly want out of a boxing movie. I had so much fun, you know, my childhood watching that movie. Uh, so I go Rocky four first, um, the original Rocky. Then I go Creed two. Really? Uh, Creed two over Creed one. Yeah. And not, I don't want to take anything away from Creed one. I really, I loved Creed one, but Creed two, man, the introduction of, of, uh, uh, Victor Drago and seeing Ivan Drago come back. Uh, it just, it, it, it had everything I could have possibly wanted out of a, you know, like a, a Rocky four sequel. So, uh, it just edges Creed out barely. So I go Creed two, then Rocky three, then Creed one. Um, Rocky Balboa, Rocky two, uh, which I, I told you my issues uh, uh, with Rocky two in, in my little blurb, uh, from a couple weeks ago. And then, uh, <laughs> bring it in the rear Rocky five. It's really funny that if like, if Rocky five could have gone anywhere better, you'd take a step back and look at this series and be like, wow, somehow, you know, they made seven eight films and and they all turned out really well and then but rocky five just stinks no one likes it you know what the problem is i mean that the story there's there's some nugget of of good story there you know what i mean that the execution was terrible like rocky you know too old to fight so he he takes on a training role he's the new mickey he he uh meets a, a young hungry fighter he decides to train him. He has a, a son, you know, that that's at, at a very formidable um, a time in his life where he needs his impressionable father. Age. Impressionable age. Yes. And uh, and he kind of casts his son aside to to take on this fighter. And, you know, that like the conflict there, like the bones of a good story are there, but their execution was terrible. They totally miscast Tommy Gunn. Um, Tommy Morrison was an awful actor. Terrible in this movie. Um and uh, I, and I hate to say it, but uh, Sage Stallone as his son also didn't didn't really do do the movie any favors. I mean, there's a reason they don't you know they don't bring him back for Rocky Balboa. Yeah, it it really. I, well, there's two. Well, when was Rocky Balboa? Oh six. Oh oh seven. Oh six or oh seven, and his son died in two thousand twelve, I think. Right, so yeah, so he could. Yeah, he was still. Yeah, he was still. I think I pretty. Sure, I'm pretty sure I'd looked at that before we started recording. If not, I apologize because that'd be a very tasteful, distasteful yeah, thing yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that Stage Stallone passed away in the, this decade. Right. So he. So he could have been back for Rocky Balboa, but he wasn't. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I just think the the casting was terrible, and the and Rocky's over the top, like you know, playing into the brain damage thing. He, could have pulled back on that. They tried too much to bring it back home to Rocky one. And, uh, I, I don't know. They, they just swung, swung big and missed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but I mean, everything else, a lot of the stuff like Rocky Balboa, I've said it, uh, over the course of this month, Rocky Balboa was a lot better than it had any business being. Yeah. Because, it, because that, that the plot is, is much more ridiculous than the plot of Rocky five, but they actually landed. Uh, <laughs> 
Getting into the IMDb trivia, if if you are a fan of this movie, just go. There is mountains and mountains of trivia. There is so much. I pulled very little from IMDb just because it's a long read. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tried to try to just pull a couple things that, that are interesting that really, you know, really tell you about why the film is what it is. Like first and foremost, um, you know, when Stallone wrote it, had $106 in the bank. Now Carr was trying to sell his dog because he couldn't afford to feed him. Got his dog a starring role in the movie, actually. Uh, but um, refused to sell his script unless they agree, unless the uh, producers, Winkler and Chartoff, uh, uh, allowed him, agreed to allow him to star in the film. Uh, they agreed in that condition. Uh, so, you know, it, it really is the Sylvester Stallone underdog story, like how Rocky's laying everything down on the line for this fight. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's doing the same thing for this movie. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, m- more recently, I've I've heard that some conflicting stories about um, about this, uh, saying that, you know, it wasn't as uh, Stallone wasn't as desperate in a uh, financial straits as, you know, he would lead on to, to believe and uh, and it wasn't like him walking into into uh, the the uh, the studio saying you know I I want to act in this otherwise I'm not selling it uh, it was it was like that to some extent but uh, I think it was more of like a, a friendly negotiation than you know than him turning down half a million dollars or four hundred thousand dollars or whatever it was when he was you know when he was living on nothing but. Um, that's why you're the guest I needed for this one, because you've got that. I, I always feel like IMDb could be like just like Wikipedia where any, I needed this fact checking. Yeah. Well, the, you know, even Stallone, like he'll tell you that story to this day. But um, I heard uh, from what I heard, from what I've read, uh, that that it wasn't it wasn't as dramatic as that, you know. Like he, well, he another knew. another thing kind of in that sense of Stallone <laughs> fibbing a little bit about this movie, another trivia thing, uh, inspired to write this, the uh, screenplay after seeing the Chuck Webner Muhammad Ali fight. They made a, a really good 30 for 30 about it called The Real Rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think he then denied it after Webner sued him. And I think I believe they settled out of court. Yeah, they settled and uh, they've they be, they become friends uh, to this day. So uh, it's, you know, um, not not paying the guy, <laughs> you know, his due for for using his story is is kind of a, a bullshit move. But I mean, you know, in the end, uh, in the end, Rocky um, Stallone made right with Webner. You know, Rocky Balboa is a much better name than Chuck Webner. Oh, totally, <laughs> totally. Not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we're we're watching we're watching Chuck Four later. In the <laughs> You know they uh they brought uh Stallone I guess kind of throwing a bone to Webner brought him on to uh to do some he was supposed to be he was supposed to be the the Jim Bully in Rocky 2 the guy that like uh you know uh all you could think of saying is oops like that that kind of uh that guy in in the gym um but they had Webner read read some lines and he was awful <laughs> Just a terrible actor. Couldn't act his way out of a paper bag, so he scrapped it. That's a tough beat. He could have done the Hulk Hogan thing in, uh, was that Rocky Three? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he could have done the Hulk Hogan thing. Um, two other two other things of note I pulled off the IMDb. The monologue that uh, Rocky delivers after turning down Mickey's offer to manage him was completely improvised on set by Stallone. 
Um, I'll be talking about that one later, actually. I really enjoy that scene. And then, uh, although Stallone famously wrote the first chapter of the script in three days and went through uh, nine sizable rewrites before it was purchased, originally Stallone's much darker script depicted Mickey as a bitter old racist, and the film ended with Rocky throwing the fight after realizing he did not want to be part of the professional boxing world. I don't think this, this franchise lasts 40 years if the script is like that. No, not at all. And uh, f- um, from what I heard was it was his wife at the time, Sasha Zach, that talked him uh, out of uh, running with that story. Yeah, it's uh, it's th- that would not be like you think about how emotional Mickey's death is in Rocky Three, and it's not uh, it's not quite as emotional if Mickey's like a shithead racist. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the time in the 1970s, I'm sure you know race racial issues and especially in sports were were kind of a hot topic so i can see where 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 his mind was at the time but i mean i don't like you 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 throw the fight and you turn your your back on boxing forever and you kind of like it had him and adrian walking out of the arena hand in hand saying you know we're done with this life we have each other we don't need this crap and and that's that um what what a what a sour ending <laughs> you yeah, know that that's not that's not at all not at all what you want but let's um let's roll into best scene i do these chronologically if i miss one of your favorites by all means interrupt me mm-hmm. uh first uh, right off the bat the the fight with spider rico it's the only action you get for really quite some time uh just a a bunch of Philly trash just screaming at two bums boxing. It's it's every like <laughs> me. It's everything that an outsider like me thinks of. Like when I think of Philadelphia, I'm like everyone is just like that. Yeah, uh, especially as a Cowboys fan, I'm just like, yeah, yeah fuck all these people. Oh, you're not kidding, <laughs> man. Rocky gets headbutted, kills Spider, and I love that it is a cold open. I love a cold open. Yeah. Uh- after like the the huge title card, the uh, the Rocky sweeping across the across the screen, you know, you're really kind of like you're expecting something big with the fanfare and everything, and then you open up to this to this dirty ashtray of a of an arena that these people are are sitting in watching this smoky filled fight. Uh, it, it, you're you're wondering like what why all the fanfare for this shit. Yeah, it's a it's a tough look. Like right away, you're like, oh man, and what he? I think the winner share comes out to like forty eighty eight or something like yeah, that. Like 40, forty bucks, yeah. forty bucks. Like that's a yeah. It puts you right in. It gives you the idea of how Rocky's life is going and how that life is going is not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next scene I've got it's a it's a combo. It's basically two scenes, but there. I mean, it's kind of a continuation. It's Apollo finding out that his fight is canceled in Evers's office, and then. When Apollo finds Rocky and he lays out the marketing aspect, he get, he get you know the casual you know I drop him in three, but he kind of lays out why this is going to work, mm-hmm. which I I really I really like and the the whole thing behind it, just the money grab. Yeah, and, uh, and Apollo, you know, he's he's the antagonist of the film for all intents and purposes, but he's not a bad guy. He's not a villain, and uh, you know him. I asked a lot during season one, like is what Apollo's doing, is it like a, you know, like a benevolent move on his part? Is he, is he doing something good for like an unknown fighter or is this completely self-serving of him to, you know, to, to push forward, to push forward with this. And, you know, we, we kind of came to the conclusion that it's a bit of both, um, you know, cause he stands to make a lot of money for this fight. If he cancels the fight, he's out a lot of money. But in the meantime, 
he is giving an unknown fighter the shot of a, of a lifetime. And yeah. he's, you know, taking this guy from obscurity and, and putting him in the spotlight. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into this. I think uh, Carl Weathers as Apollo is just a force force of nature in this movie and just the series in general. Mm-hmm. Um, the next scene I have is when Rocky gets offered the fight. And what I love about this one is when the, when Ever says, you know, would you be interested in fighting Apollo Creed? In a worse movie, the character would jump at it right away or be like, you know, ham it up saying, no, me, you don't want me to fight Apollo Creed. But Rocky's just straight up like, no. He has no fire. He has no confidence in himself. And it's so subtle. I think it's really, really effective. Yeah, definitely. It would be totally against his character to jump out of his chair and and be like, yeah, I'll take this fight. Absolutely. You know, like that. the way he plays it is Rocky. Perfect. Yeah, it's it's great. It's great. Uh, that leads into uh, the the scene we mentioned during the trivia when Mick comes to Rocky's house. Mick is desperate. It's been seventy six years. He's never had that title shot because you know that's why he's there. Because you know, like he doesn't he doesn't care about Rocky. He mm-hmm. had taken his locker away, but like he's never had that title shot. He knows Rocky's never going to get that shot again. It's two desperate people who really need each other. Uh, that that monologue that we had mentioned by Stallone is is really good. It's more of Rocky's desperation, that insecurity. Uh, it is a it's a, a start to a beautiful friendship. You. Ten years you come to my house. Huh? What's the matter? You don't like my house? My house stink. That's right, it stinks. I ain't no baby from you. Don't fall around me. Your prime. What about my prime, Mick? At least you had a prime. I ain't had no prime. I ain't had nothing. Legs are going, everything is going. No one's getting no nothing. Guy comes up, offers me a fight. Big deal. Want to fight the fight? Yeah, I'll fight the big fight. I wouldn't want to fight that big fight. It was going to happen to me. I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that. And you want to be ringside and see it? Do you? You want to help me out? Yeah, and, and Mickey, uh, you know how much it took for him to push aside his own pride, being you know the old salt that he is, uh, to come groveling with his literally his hat in his hand uh, to Rocky's apartment, asking him for this chance. Um, I, I love it. I love everything about this. this that is probably. Yeah, not probably. I, I know it is. It's my favorite scene of the movie. And uh, one of the things I love about it, too, is, um, you know, we'll talk about it later. But um, Mickey gives a lot of information about his background. Yeah. Yeah. You Mickey. Uh, Mickey's been cut a few times. Apparently. Yeah. 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 A lot <laughs> yeah. of stitches. A lot of stitches. Um, <laughs> the next one I've got is probably the it is what you think of when you think of when you say Rocky is a great sports movie because you don't think of a lot of the stuff that we we've already talked about. You think of the the gonna fly now montage. Like forty mm-hmm. years later, it's almost corny. But when you think about what it was, it's a trendsetter. You think you watch that monologue and you think of or that that montage and you think about every movie over the past four decades that pulled from that. And you know you get that that training routine that is now so legendary so ingrained in movie history the the jogging through philly the intense push-ups the meat punching rocky getting hit in the stomach and then you get the final run up the stairs which the city of philadelphia has now immortalized with that with the statue it's it is it would be impossible to leave off 
Yeah, I mean, to just to think about what that training montage has done for for pop culture. Um, you know, like you said, it's. I mean, to this day, forty something years later, it's still getting parodied in commercials and and TV shows and movies and stuff. Like it, it, it is probably one of the the single most impactful moments in sports movie history. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, the final the final scene I have is the fight, which is a goddamn slugfest. Uh, there, <laughs> There's a there's a good in round one when Rocky knocks Apollo down. You can see it. It's it's either good acting or whatever, but it's Stallone. You can see it in Rocky's face. Even he is shocked. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a ton of nuance to this fight. I think over the past four years, boxing movies have gotten better with the ins and outs of creating drama in a fight. Other than these two dudes are about to die. Uh, this one kind of this jumps to fifth, round fifteen pretty quickly. They are absolutely corpses by the end of it. Um, I think it is, I think it is very low on the list of the matches in the Rocky series. If we're being, if we're being frank, like I think, I think both fights in Creed are better. The mm-hmm. one where he faces uh, the the son, that's just like the straight camera shot, which is probably my favorite boxing match of all time. I think the one at the end is better. Uh, I think the one in Rocky Four is better. I think the one versus Clubber Lang is better. But it, you know, it's it's how this movie wraps. Yeah, it's the one thing about the the uh, boxing scene is it's uh, it's probably the most graphic out of all the out of all the fights. Oh yeah, the cut me, the, the cut over the eye. Oh my god. Yeah, that the, I mean, just the the shape that the fighters are the, when they come out for for round fifteen and <laughs> they can't even hold their hands up. They're kind of just like like kind of wa- walking slowly around each other. And Rocky's shorts are full of blood, and his face is beat to hell. Um, I mean, they, I, the announcer says they look like they've been in a war. And man, is that is that an appropriate comment for that? Uh, and you know, the t- talking about um, Apollo Creed uh, spitting up blood and everything like that's that's some serious internal damage that, that is going on. Yeah. Also, if you're the fight doctor, you stop the fight. Oh, I yeah. feel like I'm not a. We'll get into that with most of these. I think I am not a boxing expert. I don't watch a ton of boxing admittedly, but if I were a doctor and I saw a guy spitting up blood, like I've seen enough war movies where I know that once blood starts coming out of someone's mouth, like we're in trouble. We need to get mm-hmm. back to the aid station. Yeah. And uh, yeah, to someone, you know, I mean, Apollo will learn the hard way. Sometimes you just got throwing the damn towel. But uh, <laughs> what, what is your favorite scene in Rocky? Is it that, is it when Mick comes to Rocky's house? Is that, is that your go-to? That is my favorite that is my favorite scene just because uh, like I love, like you said, it was the start of a beautiful friendship and, you know, you see Mickey in a, in a way that you've never seen him, that you'll never see him again, you know, as long as we see him, it's almost, um, it's a little pitiful. Like, you, you, you know, you, you pity the guy because he's, you know, he's 76 years old of, uh, you know, and had his, his little time in the, in the spotlight went, but it never really amounted to anything. And he sees a chance. He sees his opportunity here in Rocky. And, you know, after the, the blowout that he had with Rocky the day before, now he's got to be like, oh shit. Now I got to go, I got to go tuck my tail between my legs and, and ask this guy. But that's how you know how important it is to him that he's willing to put his pride aside and go ask Rocky for this chance. I think that's the best scene in the movie too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I want to give special 
you know, an acknowledgement to Carl Weathers' work in the room, to Apollo work in the room when he's picking out Rocky. I really enjoyed that. I really think the the montage is, you know, is iconic for a reason, but I think I think the best one is is when Mick comes to Rocky's house. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick ad break and then we'll get back with the best quote. Big Street Sports is brought to you by Indeed. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try it Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is our best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Big Stream Sports is also brought to you by our old friends at BetOnline.ag. The wait is over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. Game spreads, totals, team player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can also get in on season opening bonuses today. Start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. And that stuff changes week to week, so that's always open. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code Blue Wire, betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back. And before we get into best quote, Doug, I, I think you were telling me during the break you had a couple other couple other scenes that you wanted to throw some throw some love to. Yeah, just really quickly. Um after the uh, the the original the uh, original fight, the Spider Rico fight, uh, when he's back at his at his apartment, um, it's it's really a beautiful scene with where you can almost see his depression kind of setting in uh, after the fight um, when he pulls that picture of himself off the mirror and he's looking at the picture, this fresh faced little eight year old kid. He looks at the picture, then he looks at himself in the mirror. Then he looks at the picture and looks at himself in the mirror. It's like I we talk a lot about his nonverbal acting and that that one scene like where he's it's almost as if he's asking himself, how did I get from this? This little, you know, innocent kid to this beat up bag of meat that I see before me in the mirror. And it's a really, really beautiful, touching scene that I mean, you you blow past it every time you watch it. But when you're covering minute by minute, we really, really spent some time talking about it. It was, it was really nice. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you touched on that one. You're, I mean, you're, I don't have anything to add. You're exactly right. Like that. It's a really powerful, quick moment. A lot of nonverbal acting. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other, the other one I want to bring up is the, all I want to do is go the distance. And, um, yeah, when he's laying in bed with it's Adrian. Important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in originally in the script, it, it, um, the night Rocky doesn't go to the arena. He goes to Mighty Mix and he watches film of Apollo Creed and he's looking for some hole in Apollo's game. And when he goes back home and lays with Adrian, that's why he says, I'm, I can't beat this guy because he's, he's flawless. His game is flawless. 
and you know that that scene, the uh, all I want to do to go to is go to the distance scene, almost never happened because it was at the very end of filming. They were running; they were literally running out of film at this point of filming. They were they were taking um, pieces at the end of the reel and kind of stitching them together just so so they had enough film to to film everything. So what they did, um, you know, John Avelson, the director, says says to Stallone, Stallone fought to to keep the scene in, and Avelson says, look. We're, we're, we're almost out of film. You have one take to nail it. If you don't nail it, it's gone. Stallone did it. Tally Shire did it. And they nailed it in one take. And that scene is so important for the viewer, especially if you like you're a casual boxing fan like me. It it sets up the expectation that that just going the distance is winning, that mm-hmm. it is not you should not be completely hoping that Rocky wins that that if he does not win that it is failure it is very it is very important but with that let's get into best quote what in this one do you have a single favorite quote in this one uh screw you creepo no uh, <laughs> not a bad one not not too bad um i my my favorite quote quote is all i want to do is go the distance um i actually a guy i know made a t-shirt with that quote on and i bought it cuz i i just love it you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's simple and it's like a, you know, a, a small attainable goal. He knows, you know, he knows he's not going to beat Apollo Creed. I, the whole, um, do you, can you, you mind if I just read that whole little thing he, he, uh, he says leading up to that? By all means. Absolutely. Okay. So he said, you know, um, he has a, this moment with Adrian. He said, it really don't matter if I lose this fight. It really don't matter if the guy opens my head either. Cause all I want to do is go the distance. Nobody's ever gone the distance with Creed. And if I can go that distance and that bell rings and I'm still standing, I'm going to know for the first time in my life that I weren't just another bum from the neighborhood. And that's what's important to him. It's not winning. It's not getting the championship belt. He just, it's, it's for him. You know, he, he wants to know that, that he, he wants to prove to himself that he wasn't just another bum from the neighborhood. And I mean, that describes the essence of the Rocky character too. That, that's every other film. Rocky is still he is still that dude when he's when he's really feeling his back up against the wall. He's mm-hmm. not that dude when he's wrestling Hulk Hogan or he's fighting Hulk Hogan or whatever. Yeah, Rocky yeah. Three and Mickey lets him know he's gone real soft. But when you're really rooting for Rocky, it's it's when he's that guy when he's the go the distance guy. Um, mm-hmm. I have nothing better. I wrote down the exchange that Mickey and Rocky have about Mickey telling him he's a waste. Yeah, that basically, was, that was another uh, one in, I had. in the gym. Yeah, it's so it's not really that's not really one single quote. It's a long, it's a long bit. But Rocky, you know, saying that his, you know, being a leg breaker is a living, uh, and and Mickey just basically telling him that he's a waste of talent. I think that was also a very important well, little bit too. After after Mickey, you know, tells him that you became a leg breaker, you know, you wasted your talent, and uh, Rocky says it's a living. Mickey's response is perfect. It's a waste of life. It's like your your the life that you chose is is a waste. It's garbage. It it doesn't your talent doesn't mean shit because of the life that you chose. And it's really, and then it's Mickey, really like and then and then a few days later, Mickey has to roll into Rocky's house <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> begging, which is just a tough look. Uh, the most and least authentic sports centric parts in this movie. Now I've said I'm a I'm a casual boxing guy. I don't know how big a are you a are you a big boxing fan? No, I mean I think the the height of my my boxing watching was was in the the 80s and 90s with uh, Mike Tyson. But I mean, who wasn't at that time? 
Uh, yeah, well, me, because I was like eight. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, my the first one I remember, I think it was a, the De La Hoya Mayweather fight. It was the okay. first one that I, I remember really checking out. But yeah, so then I'm going to take I'm gonna take a shot with Most Authentic. And I, I might be totally wrong. A, a big boxing guy might say, hey, uh, you messed this one up. But I think it lays out in a believable way that Rocky could hang with Creed. And mm-hmm. I say this in that I think it was important to show that, you know, that Creed was not taking was not taking the fight seriously. Like Tony Burton, I, I think it was Duke was saying that, you know, one of one of Apollo's guys was like, hey, you need to check this guy out. Like you need to, you know, he's getting better. He's, you know, when he was, when he's on TV pounding the meat Mm -hmm. and you can tell that Apollo is not taking it seriously. And that has been a thing that that's a common boxing narrative is you hear that in between a fight, like who was the, who was the bigger dude who shocked the world recently and the Andy Ruiz, is that the guy? I couldn't tell you, man. I think it's Andy Ruiz. So Andy Ruiz shocks the world. If I'm getting this wrong, by all means, someone holler at me on the socials or something. But he shocks the world. He beats this one guy. And then they have this this big rematch. But apparently, he just partied his ass off the whole time. And then he got waxed. <laughs> so Creed wasn't doing that. But Creed was not taking Rocky seriously. I think that was important for them to not show them. Like with Drago. And when Drago and Rocky are doing it, they're both doing that intense training. Rocky's taking steroids, but Rocky's a champion boxer. They're showing Rocky doing, you know, living up to his full potential or, are you know, trying as hard as he's ever tried in his life, getting in great shape. And they're showing Creed kind of like, eh, I don't, you know, I don't give a shit. I'm going to wax this guy. I'm going to drop him three. So I thought that was a, at least a very authentic feeling or a very great, a good way of telling the story and making you say, okay, Rocky actually has a chance and it's a believable chance. Yeah. And Duke, by far the most underrated character in this movie, uh, tells him right, right off the beginning, I don't want you mixing with Southpaws. We don't know anything about this guy. Then when he sees him uh, hitting the meat, he says, you better come watch this boy. You're about to fight. You know, he means business. And Apollo just blows them all off. Like Duke saw this coming. And even during the fight, he's like, he's like, don't, don't go for the knockout. Just, you got the points. Just stay away from them, you know? And, uh, but Apollo did what Apollo does and he wanted to, he wanted to do it his way. But, um, did you have something you could point to as the most authentic part about this movie? See, not, I got something that ties a little bit to boxing, but this was something I found in during my research. Uh, it's about one of the training methods that Mickey uses when he ties the string between, Rocky's feet to teach him balance. Um, Mickey tells him that Rocky Marciano used this this method, and he, he's actually a hundred percent right. Uh, from what I heard, Rocky Marciano's trainer Charlie Goldman invented that method, uh, where you tie a string um, uh, with only leaving like two feet of slack in between your feet to teach you balance. So that's I I found that I found that really interesting, and and um and I I use that as my mo- most authentic moment. I love when sports movies do that. They kind of pull from some lore Mm -hmm. and incorporate that in the movie. Like uh, movies like like Days of Thunder does that really. Days of Thunder just and I've talked about this just pulls directly from all this NASCAR lore and and incorporates it in the movie. Uh, I have I have two for least authentic and first and foremost, and this is this is the one that I saw it and I was like, this is egregious. It does not work. There's no way this would happen. Uh, Rocky and Adrian sleeping in a twin bed together. It's fucking impossible. <laughs> there's no, there's no way. It's not happening. <laughs> well, if you, 
if you notice, um, the, the night that he gets up and goes to the arena, he's laying on the couch and she's laying in the bed. See, that might, yeah, that that might be a regular thing. That's probably not just because he can't sleep. It's like we're we're not sharing this this twin bed. <laughs> twin One of bed. us has to get the couch, and Rocky, you're sleeping on the couch. And it's kind of like a day bed. It's like shoved into a little alcove in the apartment with a curtain as like the room separator. It's it's real. What a what a shitty fucking place to live. No, oh, you got to think that as soon as that fight was over and Rocky could see out of his eyes again, mm-hmm. Adrian was like, hey, you know, we should take that money and literally live anywhere else. <laughs> well, they, we see what he does with it in, uh, in Rocky too. The other thing I have for Least Authentic is uh, just, and I kind of said this, those dudes would be fucking dead. Yeah. They slugged, I mean, they start going at it from the get-go and they insinuate that the entire fight is like that and again casual boxing fan but that is just not how that would go they would there would be a lot of maybe a little bit of testing each other but not not two knockdowns in the first round that's not a fight that's going 15 rounds no and if you watch boxing like there's there's never that many landed punches there's never that much offense it's it's a lot of tying each other up and getting separated and it's there's really not that much interesting action in a in a real boxing match. Uh, my least authentic was uh, Rocky going from smoking and drinking in between his fights two weeks apart from one another, having five weeks to train for a heavyweight title fight and going 15 rounds. Um, yeah. That was my least authentic. Qu- quitting smoking cold turkey. <laughs> yeah. Also kind of unrealistic. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, if you got to pick a, a least authentic, I mean, shit, <laughs> you, you've you've trained for stuff in your life, right? Is five weeks of training enough for anything? No, no, absolutely. I mean, and going going fifteen rounds with Creed again in a match where you are just raw slugging it out. There's just, I mean, there's just no way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but the thing is, that's how most of the Rocky matches are. I will say that the one. One thing that the Creed series, I think, really improved upon is bringing a little more realism in, in what the boxing matches look like. Yeah, they, they absolutely did. Uh, I think that also started with Rocky Balboa. Um, that that was just that looked like you're watching a fight on HBO. Uh, and I know it was it was meant to look that way. Uh, the punches sounded more more realistic than, you know, the explosions that we heard in Rockies three and four. Um, but yeah, Creed Creed definitely up up the ante with with their fight fight scenes absolutely well let's talk about what worked with this one what makes this one a hall of famer i want to throw it out right away stallone is really good it's the best Mm -hmm. he's ever been i think there's not a hint of ego or doing it up too much yet it's not it is not popcorn rocky yet because i would say two maybe starting with three three through five is popcorn rocky it is stallone breathing in the essence of of how famous rocky is i think in, in a lot of those ways it's also the height of stallone's um ego you know yeah one of the most famous people on the planet during that run yeah yeah i i don't know <laughs> i got a i have quite a few opinions about the direction stallone takes his career and you know I, i've we also on the on the in the network we we talk about stallone's movies you know um here and there and we just we just covered victory uh which is the, the world war ii soccer flick and um and we and from what I, I was reading about that is he wouldn't even 
commiserate with any of the other cast members. Like he would hang out with them. He wouldn't eat with them. He would fly off on weekends to go to, to Paris and London, you know, in a private jet. And it's just, he, he was just such an egotistical jerk in the eighties that I, I don't know how, how anybody could have been around him. Because cocaine, that's how everyone in the eighties <laughs> did everything. Just cocaine got, got you through the eighties, but that was absolutely not this guy. Cause that that's not there yet. No. Stallone was it's in, in this movie, especially like, I think this movie is even better when you watch it in comparison to the other Rockies. And like, in I've said all month and you know, you said earlier on this podcast, like the other Rockies are good. They're, they're really fun. Rocky four is a really fun movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Rocky three, really fun movie. But this one, when you watch it, keeping those in mind, it's so grounded that it's almost refreshing when you think about the popcorn eighties cheese ballness of those other Rocky movies. Cause it doesn't really get, Rocky Balboa, like the plane kind of starts to land, it gets close to the ground. And then Creed, the first Creed, I think is the most grounded film since Rocky. Yeah. Can you imagine the direction the series would have taken if he stayed grounded after Rocky two? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you could keep the same kind of plot, but I mean, that also just was where the eighties was headed to and how, Mm -hmm. how movies in the eighties were, you know, the just looking at the difference between seventies and eighties cinema is, you know, you can kind of see why the Rockies lined up as they did. But with with how this one works, with how it worked then, I think how it e- works even better forty years later is that how grounded and how refreshing it is. Yeah, definitely. You go from art pieces to action flicks, explosions, and you know, blood squibs and everything. It's, I, I mean, I, I love the eighties for what they were, but. You know, I mean, some, I don't think Rocky belongs in that. I mean, in hindsight, you know, I I love Rocky three and four, um, but, you know, thinking like the direction it could have taken um, Rocky, like as a character doesn't belong in that kind of genre. No, no, it's, it's a different movie. Uh, What else did you have that worked about this one though? Uh, I, I had the setting Philadelphia being a character in itself. In the movie, you know, I mean, like all the the exteriors scenes about, uh, you know, you got the pet store, you got Rocky's apartment, you got the docks down by the the water, the streets that he's walking, and you know, um, like could this have worked in any other city? Could this have worked in fucking Phoenix or no. <laughs> San oh, Antonio? Abso- <laughs> absolutely not. It works in like, I mean, I think you're right. It, it's got to be Philadelphia. It's got to be like. It's got to be a Pennsylvania mm-hmm. blue-collar town. It's got to be Philadelphia or, or Pittsburgh, Boston, honestly. maybe. I could see it working in, in a place <laughs> that, like Boston. That, that racist that racist <laughs> Mickey character would have fit in a little bit better in Boston. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> they wouldn't have had to change that up. <laughs> the uh, What about the like the guerrilla-style filming that they that they used to, to get through this movie? They had no permits. They kind of just they, – they rolled around in a van. They would jump out, film Rocky running – down the street or past the river or down that Italian market. Um, you know, they had to stay like one step ahead of the Teamsters <laughs> because if, you know, the Teamsters find out that one of the uh, production production guys said that they would end up in the bottom of a river. So uh, the guerrilla style filming is. Which sounds like a Stallone movie in the 80s. Like I'm surprised mm-hmm. he didn't turn that into a movie. Right. He could have very well could have. You're a hundred percent right though. The, the character of the city and that is, 
it's something that gets lost in future Rocky movies as well. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, it would have gotten lost for that character regardless because he's not living in, you know, once he once he makes good, you just you can't you can't really throw him back. That's I will say that's the one good thing that Rocky Five did is it made Rocky Balboa kind of blue collar again. Yeah, and I, like it set up that that was going to be a thing. Yeah, it it was very intentionally done that way because you know they they didn't want him to get you know to to keep doing the the rich Rocky thing. So they're like, let's bring it back to the roots. Um, we want to we want to end the series on on an honest Rocky note. You know what I mean? Bring him back to where he where he started. But again, like it could have worked, but it just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the another thing I had that work, the respect that Rocky shows Apollo when he sees him on TV at the bar, I think is so crucial to how you feel about the character and how the movies, you know, shapes up. It also it, it shapes up future movies, but it's not like every other Rocky quote unquote mm-hmm. villain in, in the Rocky movie is like a big bad. Like Clubber Lang, just a bad dude. Drago kills, you know, Apollo Creed. Um, Tommy mm-hmm. Gun, an asshole. Like Rocky, it's it's not about painting Apollo as this cruel villain. It's it's pa- certainly painting him as cocky and capable of not caring about this fight. Which, as I kind of what what the point I made about authentic was that that it was something important. It was it was something it needed, but. It's it's not about the cruel villain or, or slaying a giant. It is just about the underdog Rocky. It does not take a you know if if you paint Apollo Creed as this cool cruel big bad who needs to be slayed, just mm. going the distance with him, then yeah, isn't no, that satisfying? You said it, man. Absolutely. And and Rocky, like I said before, in a time when you know um, race might have been an issue, to Rocky it's not. Like the bartender you know, says, we're, we're, we're the real, we're the real champs. All all we got are these clowns. And he calls them like a a racial term. And, and Rocky's like, what you're calling Apollo Creed a clown. Almost like it, it, it's unheard of to Rocky that somebody would disrespect someone of Apollo's standing. You know what I mean? So Doug, what else worked on this one for you? Uh, for me, uh, it's the side characters. Um, the cast isn't large. You know, there's a lot of bit players, though, like, um, but they're all memorable. Like you got Gloria from the pet shop that embarrasses Rocky in front of Adrian when he's trying to impress her. You got Bob at the docks, uh, you know, the guy that Rocky's supposed to break his thumbs. Like he's, you know, he's a little little mousy guy that that uh, that Rocky, you know, has some empathy for. Um, You got Mr. Gazzo uh, himself and you got his driver, Gazzo's driver, buddy. That's uh, the guy that Rocky, that was the big bad of the movie. Rocky should have thrown his ass in the river. <laughs> yeah, you know, they actually had a scene that they filmed but didn't use because it just didn't work uh, where um, Mr. Gazzo says, all right, enough of this. He 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 takes the driver's seat, puts Buddy, the driver, and uh, Rocky in the back seat, and those two slug it out in the back seat while Gazzo's driving around Philly. <laughs> See, I but, needed that. I would have loved yeah. to have seen that. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, kind of doing a little slugfest in the backseat of a car. I can see it not working, but yeah, it's something that, that could have used. Well, on that kind of note, let's do real quick, since we're on the topic, I want to go into the Lenny Harris Pinch Hitter Award. We'll come back to what else worked, what didn't work, uh, because you're right. This is a movie that is buoyed by its supporting characters because it is. It is Stallone is obviously the centerpiece. He's in almost every single scene, uh, surrounded by a lot of talent. 
Um, you know, Talia Shires, Adrian, we have not talked about her once. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character for me, she was nominated for, for I believe, either Best Supporting Actress or Best Actress, but I think Best Actress. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Adrian, I mean, obviously, and this is by design, has, has a much stronger second half of the movie. The first half of the movie is almost uncomfortable to me. So she's not, she's not it for me. What, is, what are your thoughts on the character of Adrian in just this movie? Uh, she plays it beautifully, you know. Um, like you said, her as as that shy, mousy girl. Uh, I mean, for, it, because if you're looking through at this through the the eyes of a, somebody living in 2020, it's not okay <laughs> the way um, Rocky uh, like forces his way into her life. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know. It, I'm not even. I'm not talking as much about the kiss you know where he kind of corners her in the apartment it's just you know if she's uncomfortable rocky then just buzz off you know and it's but looking looking at it through the lens of 1976 he he had his eyes set on what he wanted and and she needed help um getting out of her own way you know so to speak and i'm not trying to excuse like you know anything that that wouldn't play well nowadays but you know she did need a push of her own and um, the and she when she came out, uh, the person that she became in the second half uh, was, you know, standing up to Paulie the way she did, where he thought, you know, she probably never stood up to him in her entire life. You know, she really becomes like her own person. And I love I love Adrian in the second half of the film. Yeah, watching Adrian yell at Paulie and come out of her shell like that, uh, shell like that is almost the best moment of this movie. It's like watching an abusive stepdad get his ass kicked, mm-hmm. uh, and then Adrian's like stone cold asking Rocky if he wants a roommate. But yeah, uh, the the first the first hour or so of Adrian is almost like it's almost unbearably shy for me. I've got kind of a thing about that later. Uh, the other nominees I've got for uh, best supporting character for the pinch hitter. Um, Carl Weathers, uh, quiet comedic genius. Shout out to Happy Gilmore and Arrested Development. And also shout out to, I, I tweeted this out from the Big Screen Sports Twitter account uh, the other night, but watching this movie, and every time Carl Weathers comes on the screen, I just want to say Mando. Ah, Mando! From yeah. Mandalorian. I just, <laughs> it's all I can think of now. But uh, he, he's so charismatic. He is, he is a very good spirit of Muhammad Ali in this movie. Uh, there's Joe Spinell as Tony Gazzo, the gangster with a heart of gold. He gives Rocky 500 bucks to start training. Uh, Tony Burton as Duke, who he gets to cook a lot more later in the series. Yeah. And Burt Young as Polly, who is like, I've almost forgot. Like Polly is a gigantic scumbag in this movie. Like he is almost completely irredeemable. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> Polly has his character arc is six movies long, really, because he, he, toes the line between Rockies one and three with being like, you know, the, uh, the friend, but the asshole brother-in-law, but, uh, you know, he, no, he never actually doesn't apologize, but then he does something to ingratiate himself with Rocky again, but then he's drunk and he destroys the Rocky pinball machine. And, but towards the end in Rocky Balboa, when, uh, when they're going around to, to the ice skating rink and everything, Paulie says to Rocky, he's like, I don't need to see this. He's like, I was an asshole to Adrian and I wasn't a good person and I don't need to to see this. You know, I can't apologize for that now because she's dead. But, you know, and that's kind of where his arc is uh, is capped off in, in Rocky Balboa. And that kind of goes into the the classic trope, like, can someone be redeemed? And mm-hmm. uh, 
in this movie, like, Polly is gross. Polly fucking stinks. Like, like I said, Adrian yelling at him is the is nearly the best part of this movie. But who is your your pick? Oh, and I, I how can I forget? Uh, Burgess Meredith is Mickey. Mm-hmm. Just like Rocky, a character archetype constantly replicated. Sounds like he eats cigarettes for breakfast. Uh, <laughs> I think he could have won Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars. Who is your, for you, who is the, the pinch hitter, the Best Supporting Character? It would be Burgess Meredith as Mickey. Uh, he plays that hard, gruff, salty man to, to a T. You know, and uh, <clears throat> I mentioned before, like, uh, what it must have taken to push his pride aside to come groveling to Rocky because Rocky's chance here is Mickey's last chance. And uh, in the script, uh, in this scene, Mickey apologizes for, you know, throwing Rocky out of his locker and not believing in him. But I'm glad that they cut that out because it that doesn't seem like Mickey's character. Mickey isn't, isn't a guy that would apologize. And because he is not sorry. No, he's Rocky not. Rocky absolutely. I mean, Rocky didn't deserve that locker. Exactly, exactly. Um, but my my heart broke broke for Mickey with one line when Rocky after he shuts him out, he goes, "I'm 76 years old." You know, like like that's it. It's my life has amounted to this, and you know all, all these war stories that I have. I'm carrying a a 45 year old newspaper article in my pocket <laughs> wherever I go and and this is you know I'm, I'm done like this is it that might have been a least realistic thing too how I am very surprised that 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 clip is still it's still in good enough shape to read right <laughs> no. I don't know if they were making like you know the classic old adage uh, you know they, they don't make them like they used to like were papers <laughs> much better in 1930 or whatever no. the hell that, well, that clip was is from it was the it was 1923 and we're in 1976, so it's 50, 53 years old. Jesus. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Gotta think Mickey probably fought in WW2 oh, against, the, against the Nazis, if you want to get deep in the weeds on this. Um, real quick, <laughs> let's go into what didn't work about this one. Um, you know, I have a couple of things. I already talked about, you know, Polly, such a shithead, not a chance I would buy meat from a place that I know that Polly oh. worked. Um, the, the thing that I caught this time around that I don't think I ever had is Rocky only is a 50 to one underdog. Mm. I, I thought I was wondering, like, is that the standard underdog, um, odds? Yeah. Like, because, will it not go higher? Cause you think it would be closer to 500 to one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're taking somebody really for a nobody guy is barely a pro he's fighting for 40 bucks every couple of weeks like like how how can you give him any odds yeah yeah and this is something that for me didn't work uh it might have just been the 70s you know this might not be a thing this might have been a common thing in the 70s i have never encountered a group of people surrounding a burning trash can putting together a real nice (laughs) harmony just on a on a street corner i was like oh look (laughs) <laughs> Philadelphia in the 70s, wild place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. Uh, do those guys have a home? Are they homeless? Or are they just kind of s- standing around? I mean, they're good singers. They're they're putting together a, like a really nice harmony. And, it uh, probably doesn't happen because in 2020, they go viral. Like yeah. this, oh, the first time they do that, someone takes a video of them and is like, look at these these amazing homeless singers I found. And they're, they've got a record deal in a minute. Totally. Totally. Uh, you knew one of those guys was uh, Frank Stallone, right? Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> one of the trash cans. <laughs> makes yeah. it even better that Rocky, like, hey, Frank, I got a part for you in my movie. Oh, what am I playing? A boxer, a boxing trainer? You're like, no, you're actually going to you're gonna sing around a flamey trash can. It's going to be implied that you are very homeless. <laughs> yeah, it's Rose Brother of Bone. Uh, uh, Doug, what else did you have about this one that, that doesn't quite work, doesn't add up for you? Well, I said it before about getting ready and, and conditioned for a 15-round fight in five weeks um, after not leading the uh, you know the healthiest of lifestyles before. Um, I mean, in, in an otherwise flawless movie, I, I really think the only thing that, that I can pick out is maybe the pacing. Um, and I'm only basing that on like today's standards. It's a slow moving uh, film by today's standards. It can be a slog. It is not as rewatchable as other Rocky movies. Like this yeah. is not one that I will revisit anytime soon. I finished it. I said, you know, that's a really good movie. Um, I enjoyed it. But, you know, even even for the times, like I would rather watch All the President's Men. All the President's Men is very well paced. It's very exciting for a movie that is about two guys writing a story. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it is the, the pacing is slow. I will say the beginning of, and, and you, you know, you touched on this and it's harder, you know, you're watching it in a 2020 lens. The beginning of the Rocky Adrian relationship is a little uncomfortable. Adrian is, there is shy and there is, and I, I don't want to be disrespectful in any way, but the character is portrayed as so shy, like barely able to speak that you legitimately right. wonder if something is, is, mentally wrong with her like it is very uncomfortable to me especially watching in a 2020 lens but it you also see that she was so demeaned by Polly for years that again Polly, fucking bad dude mm -hmm. uh you, you see that she was you know kind of like mentally beaten down in that scenario but it, it is it is uncomfortable to watch from a 2020 lens yeah i would agree with you and um we we even uh, speculated whether or not there was some physical abuse going on in the Panino household, you know, that we didn't see, or, you know, um, I mean, we, I'm glad we didn't see any of it. It's bad enough to, to hear him verbally abuse her the way, the way that he does, but just to think that he might've smacked her around at some point, you know, throughout their, their life. It, it's, is uh, this a better movie in a better series if Rocky kicks Polly's ass when he yells at Adrian and says those terrible things about her, and you don't hear from Polly anymore, no disrespect to Burt Young, who got an Oscar nomination for this movie, he was good at the role. But is this a better series if you just if Rocky just beats the shit out of Polly? You know, man, I, I'm, wond I'm wondering if it's in Rocky's character. Yeah, I think it is in Rocky's character to do that because he would, I think, literally kill for Adrian. Yeah, it uh, would be a protective thing for sure. It wouldn't be out of vengeance or malice. Right, right. So yeah, I think it would be in Rocky's character. I think it would, would be satisfying, especially immediately following that tirade that he goes on where he's bashing out up the house with the baseball bat. So um, would it be better? Um, that's a good question, but I think it would be definitely warranted and it would be somewhat satisfying to see. I agree. I agree. Um, I'm going to skip over the the Freddie Prince Jr., uh, the Kevin Costner Freddie Prince Jr. award for best or worst on-screen athlete, unless you, unless you have someone who really stands out. Like, I think Carl Weathers, you know, he's totally. in great shape. Without uh, question. Stallone was what he was. You know, I don't think any anyone stands out as, as very good or very bad. I think they both got in very good shape. I think it, it, it look they look like boxers, 70s boxers. Yeah, I mean, Carl Weathers is the runaway you know, best athlete, but, um, I mean, shit, you could even make an argument that Stallone could be the worst athlete in the film. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, if you're absolutely. talking a, a film with two athletes. Absolutely. No, I mean, Spider Rico, the guy that played him. Uh, oh God, I forgot he, about Spider Rico. He was he was actually a, a, a professional boxer from Venezuela, I believe. I forgot his real name, but uh, yeah, he was he was a boxer. So, I mean, I guess he you know he's an actual boxer and an athlete, so you can put him among the best. But um, motto yeah, of this podcast: always, always, always cast an athlete. Yeah, it's uh, easier to teach an athlete <laughs> to act. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. Oh, tell that to unless Tommy Gunn. <laughs> unless it's yeah, Tommy Gunn or Chuck Webner, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get to my favorite category of every episode: the Big Chill. Uh, I have one nominee, and mm-hmm. it is Rocky getting to the top of the steps in the Gonna Fly Now montage. I do not have the end of the fight. I did not find myself getting the chills. Surprise! I almost expected to, and and that's not to say that you know, like when I watched the movie Miracle. I know what's coming. I've seen it a thousand times. I get the chills every time. Mm-hmm. I knew what was coming. I still didn't get the chills. Did Did you get the chills at the end of the fight, or did you have anything else? It's not the end of the fight. It's the uh, when he unites with Adrian in the ring. The "I love you, I love you." Uh, that That part always has always given me the chills since I was a kid. Um, it's Stallone at his most Stallonist too, because it, it's oh, I love you. He's like oh, really yeah. getting the words out. Yeah, his eyes are swollen shut. He's got like the the droopy eye Stallone thing going. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would probably give it to the top of the, re- him reaching the top of the steps though, for sure. Um, you know that 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 whole that whole montage. Um, Bill Conti, the 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 uh, composer, he wrote one minute of of music. And uh, so, so that um, Avelson is putting the the montage together. So he asked Bill Conti, uh, "Can you give me, you know, thirty more seconds?" Uh, so he gives him thirty more seconds. He says, "Okay, uh, we got a few more scenes from the montage. Give me thirty more seconds." So they piecemeal this the "Gonna Fly Now" song thirty seconds at a time until until they you know culminated with with him reaching the top of the steps and the and the you know the the climax of it all. And it's really like the song is still, you know, it's not the best song I've ever heard, but it really fits the, you know, it's not Eye of the Tiger, but it definitely fits the movie. Yeah, totally. Totally. It's a beautifully orchestrated piece that really, it's inspirational, gets people going. People work out to it to this day. Yeah, holds up 40 years later. Doug, how would you improve this movie? If at all, it's a Hall of Famer, it's, it's the iconic original Rocky. Would you improve it at all? Would you change anything? Well, I mean... If you if you want to improve it at all, um, I mean, I would say, film shoot the fights like you shot them in Creed, you know the the fight itself, um, better action, better action inside the ring, you know that that's really I mean, if you want to nitpick and and you have to improve it in some way, I would say improve the action somehow. So I want to expand off that then, kind of going into our next category. The only thing I would do to improve it real quick is I would make first hour adrian a little more indifferent than painfully shy okay. just have her have her acknowledge rocky a little bit more because again it comes off like there's something wrong with her yeah it is just almost bothersome just have her she can be shy but also a little indifferent to rocky like basically not give him any sort of lead just basically act super disinterested but you know and and that's because she's living with her shitty brother Mm-hmm. Uh, but but going into what you said, so last category before more restore prequel sequel or remake or none of the above. So we have already had a million sequels. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a sequel would be another Creed. Uh, you could do a Rocky prequel or a reboot, both of which would involve recasting the character of Rocky. Um, I think you know per my you know my um, 
episode two weeks ago with uh, with Double G from Fight Game Media. He had talked about there's probably going to be another Creed. They're trying to figure that out. There's going to be something. They are going to do something else with this franchise. Would you like to see a prequel or a reboot? Would you be interested in that? Because then you could fit, you know, film the action like that. But that involves casting, recasting Rocky Balboa, mm. which is putting a huge weight on someone's shoulders. Yeah, I, I would say no remakes, no reboots ever. Uh, and my issue with another Creed is if you wanted to make another Creed, then you should have left the Drago story for the finale. Because that is really what it was all about, what Creed was all about, right? Um, uh, uh, Apollo Creed getting killed in the ring and Adonis being kind of left an orphan. Uh, so him getting getting even with the Dragos and, and Rocky closing the story on the Dragos, like that would, I think that ended the story perfectly. Um, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to do something else in the middle and leave the Drago story for the end, I could see you doing another Creed, but I don't. No, can you expand on on a, on a Creed movie? It's kind of the same problem that you get in with the Rocky movies is finding a way to keep the boxer hungry for anything more than money. And it's it's the same thing with like how much narrative is there behind a Floyd Mayweather fight at this point? Mm-hmm. Like he has, you know, the only thing it would be for is a big payday. You don't really care about his legacy or anything like that because he's past 40. So it's like, how do you keep them hungry on screen and keep it realistic? And Rocky, they start figuring, okay, so Clubber Lang, you know, beats his ass. Mickey dies. He insults his wife. Like, okay, this is a big bad. has got to be taken down. Then you mm-hmm. do the revenge, you know, factor with Drago. Like, and then obviously Rocky too is... He, well, he's actually got to win the title now. So you're keeping him hungry, and you're throwing these things against a dartboard, and eventually one's going to miss, and it misses in Rocky Five. So it's, you know, how can you, where do you find this motivation for Adonis? And you kind of said it, like, they should have left the Drago thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say I don't think a Rocky reboot would work. Um, it is so in a bottle and so of his time that I don't think it would be successful. I think a prequel would be kind of interesting, but I, I just I don't see any sort of dramatic angle there because I, I don't you know. Well, it's we his start. 20s. We start Rocky, and he he's you know in, in dire straits on his ass. Like there's no rise to to we see the rise to fame. So there's like I don't know where you go with a Rocky prequel. However, uh, what about a Mickey prequel? Oh. Mickey, that fight from 1923? Yeah, like he gives us enough little nuggets in that one scene about the guy putting the nail in his glove and punching holes in his face and, you know, the stitches above this eye and that eye and the big the fight with Sailor Mike that gave him the vegetation on his ear. Like there, he gives <laughs> he gives a few nuggets of information that I think you can you can write a story from. And his, you know, him um, uh, knocking the guy out of the ring, you know, the same night that that uh, Furpo knocked Dempsey out. Um, I think that, you know, him trying to trying to to grasp the the fame and the fortune that he always desired, and and always missing the mark, always being one step behind, or or just not, you know, not enough, uh, not important enough to to get the headlines. You know, I think there's something there. I think that would be a really interesting story for like a 
maybe like an eight episode Netflix miniseries yeah, yeah. just about about some sort of a boxer with that kind of backstory like Mickey and you put the name Mickey, you put the Rocky franchise on it. That's how it gets paid for. That's how yeah. it gets made. I, I would be interested in a story like that. When I think of old boxing movies like that, I think of just old boxing settings. Like I think of Cinderella Man, which... Mm-hmm is a beautiful film. I think it's, I think it's excellent. You know, Ron Howard, Russell Crowe. I think, it, I think it looks great, but that, that era, there's something to that, that, you know, I, a lot of the boxing movies we've seen are, are more modern, you know, yeah. I, I, I would be, I would be very interested, but, um, you know, not much is going to top the original Rocky. We are wrapping up Rocktober. Doug, I appreciate you taking the time coming to talk this movie with me. Tell the folks again where they can catch your podcast, where they can find Rocky Minute. Yeah, Rocky Minute uh, is my podcast. You can find us on the Sylvester Stallone Fan Podcast Network. Um, just put that in an Apple podcast or, or your favorite podcatcher and, and we'll pop up. Um, there's Rocky Minute, there's Going the Distance, uh, Rocky Series Podcast, and the Slycast all on the same feed. So uh, our the Rocky Minute, um, we, we release them a lot uh, more frequently. We were doing five uh, episodes a week um, in the first two seasons. Ooh, I that's think, a grind. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, <laughs> in fact, we're scaling it back to three episodes a week. Uh, which is, which is a little easier on us and, and on me, the, the the editor, but um, yeah. So uh, uh, we're we're we recorded some of Rocky Three. Uh, have yet to release it though. Uh, you can go on the feed and check out. Um, we're almost finished re- re-releasing uh, Rocky's One and Two. So uh, yeah, Sylvester Sloan Fan Podcast Network. Well, Doug, I appreciate you taking the time. If you enjoyed Big Screen Sports, if you enjoyed Rocktober, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate and leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. Go back, check out past episodes. They are mostly all evergreen. Got a lot of great content there. If you are a baseball fan, go check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm presented by Baseball America. Uh, next week, great episode with former Giants and Braves pitcher Russ Ortiz talking the, the O2 World Series, talking playing in the College World Series. A lot of good stuff with him. As far as big screen sports scheduling, I don't have anything planned for November. We're going to see where we go. I'm not sure what movies we're going to cover. We're going to talk about something good. Uh, but episodes drop every Monday. And you can catch me next Monday talking about I don't know what yet. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.